This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Action Park Media. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glut. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment, food as sport, food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Today on American Glutton, my guest is Paige Long, not to be confused with Paige Dorian, our producer. This is Paige Long, a family friend and what we might call our every woman. Paige is here to share her weight loss story and tell us not only how she did it and what inspired her to make a change, but how she is navigating maintenance and learning new healthy habits so she can sustain her success. What is your understanding of what we're doing? Well, that you guys are offering me $500,000 for, (laughs) um, my understanding is that we're just going to have a conversation about my journey from fucking fat to fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Brandy said, um, you need to talk to Paige Long. And I don't want to confuse anybody with, uh, this is not Paige Dorian. This is a, a, a different page. Who's also a very tight friend of ours. And she said, you have to talk to her and why don't you record it? And, um, then maybe make it an episode. And I was like, okay, does she, is that, is that something she's interested in? I don't know. So I guess a it's fine. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
it's totally fine with me. I'll tell my lawyers to stand down. Okay, great. So what, uh, where are we at? What's happening? Okay. So as you know, your wife, Paige Dorian, Mary, right? So we kind of came together on this girls collective, um, on weight loss. I personally have been going up 10 pounds, up 10 pounds, up 10 pounds, and was kind of pretty unconnected, disconnected, out of, like, just not, I just didn't really get how bad my weight had become, right? Uh And so Brandy and Pedo go through the first few months together on their journey with Mary. And immediately I see how great Brandy looks and feels. Immediately I see how great Paige Dorian looks and feels. And Paige Dorian was like, bro, this isn't for you. There's lots of chemicals. You're going to hate it. And <laughs> I, I, yes. Should we say that um, sometimes I snipe on this show about the people who shop at Erewhon. You might be one of those people. Well, I want to say for the record, that I had a membership to Air One. A membership? Was- I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, you can be a member of Air One? Yeah, you pay $300 for the year. And with every purchase you get, I think it's 10% off. And I would save my savings. Like, it was truly my retirement fund. <laughs> and they would, when I would go and shop there, be like, would you like to pay with your points? And so I did it for like pancake breakfast groceries or Thanksgiving groceries. And, you know, I would cash out like six, 700 bucks. Now with that said, with that said, um, 2020, a lot of changes came to light and I, you got good with chemicals. I got, I got, I got good with chemicals. I got right. I was like, you know what? Why not? (laughs) Fucking why not? So I also went to Erwan, went to buy some cut vegetables, and specifically it was the mushrooms. And I think it was $17 for a container of mushrooms. And at that moment, they asked me if I wanted to renew my membership. And I was like, I don't want your membership. I don't want your mushrooms. And I essentially left it was my last four or $500 purchase. I haven't been back. I now I, I shop at whole foods and I just want to say that for the record. I'm yes. And, and, and I want to say that I don't, I don't hate air one. I just think it's like, um, a Beverly Hill. It's become a Beverly Hills grocery store. Maybe it was always a West side grocery store, but it just, there's something a bit nauseating about it. And I don't think like, quote-unquote healthy food has to be astronomically expensive no it doesn't i have to tell you like i'm buying like what i've learned uh essentially is the what you taught me in the very beginning was paying attention to the macros versus the micros and then i was like well what's that and then when i went on to ideal protein the main crux of that was yeah you're eating essentially three rice crispy squares a day but also with four to six ounces of protein and crap loads of greens so i started moving over to cooking every meal 
Um, I get groceries delivered every few days. Fresh greens, fresh broccoli, like all fresh. Yeah, and, it's it's um, not it's not a chemical diet. You guys weren't just sucking down chemicals. It's 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 a it's a diet that is mostly clean whole foods and then you get these little chemical treats. Yeah, you get the chemical treats. Um it feels like food you would eat on the the space station. Like it's a little, you know, like you you avoid the powdered omelets because I'm just going to make an egg. Like there's a bunch of stuff that you there's a lot of choices you can make which are truly laboratory. <laughs> and then there's just the idea of eating their diet brownie or rice krispie treat. Okay, but yeah, so so, so for I the for the purposes of people listening, it really is just um a pretty severe caloric deficit that you're put in. Yeah, and it's not a keto. It's essentially um it's a weird I don't it's a, it's a scientific approach to balancing protein, carbs, sugars to balancing it all out so your body um, you're not supposed to exercise for the first few bits, and then you are taking in carbs. I doubled protein immediately, and yeah, that's what it is. That was something I think I was um, yelling at Brandy about, um, increasing her protein, and going like, look, you're still going to be in a, in a deficit if you, if, you, if you double your protein, like from what they're saying – you could just have twice as much chicken breast or egg whites or whatever, and you're still going to lose weight. It's um, So I think that might have come from me. It did for sure. It came from you. And then also Dr. Bo, like, I think it's important to communicate that I was also rehabbing from double hip replacement. And so they were not interested in me having any type of protein deficiencies and wanted me to eat whole good proteins, eggs, turkey breast, so my body could rebuild the tissues around my hips. Right. And then, so I immediately, like I would, whenever I'm hungry, uh, hard-boiled eggs, turkey breasts, scrambled eggs, vegetables, whatever. Like I didn't, I didn't care about what ideal protein said. I just dumped more protein in for sure. Yeah. Trying to eat my weight in protein, which is, I think, the rule you gave. I said it was a good suggestion. Well, for me, yeah, I was like, Ethan said it. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> in grams, not ounces. Okay, so that so you guys did this diet, and what happened? In grams? Yeah. What do you mean? I've been eating ounces. You have not been eating hundreds of ounces of protein every day. I've been eating 160 ounces of protein a day. <laughs> a lot of protein that's what my oh my god that's i well listen it still works so plug that into the matrix but i've been eating ounces not grams i will have that's not possible Paige. i will 100 percent send you my fitness pal tracker which i also got from you but i have Paige, been one page 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 
page, you're talking about like 10 pounds of protein a day. There's no way. I eat two to two and a half pounds. There's no way you're eating five times the protein as me. I promise you it's in grams. Well, I didn't realize this was a fucking math test, but I will go review my notes and get back to you. I guarantee you it's in grams. Okay. Really? Yes. Okay. Great. Thanks. 150 ounces of protein. <laughs> I get it. It's 10 pounds of. I so get it. Just about 10 pounds. Okay. Good. So you. So and and it was it was very successful. Yes, 100. percent I sent you a picture of my loss when I started my journey. I think I was at 34 percent or 36 percent body fat. And now um, it's funny because what you kind of oriented me to or not orientated, oriented me to was um, the, the, the true healthy number is the fat percentage. And so that's basically I haven't been monitoring so much by how much I weigh, but what is my BMI number? And. I think it went down to 23.8%, which I'm very proud of. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's I'm very proud of that. I feel healthy. I went and had my blood work done, and all of the issues that I had been having previously, which weren't a lot, they were subtle, but everything is back in ideal range. Okay, so how much weight did you lose total? 68 pounds. That's incredible. That's incredible. That's massive weight loss. Um so yeah, it was. So have you seen and we don't have to name any names, but have you seen anybody else? Because my concern for this and what I talked to Brandy mostly about when she said she was going to start this was that it is um, a, a larger caloric deficit than I, I than I perceive to be sustainable over a long period of time, which then also sets you up for potential weight regain and so having done this with a group have you seen somebody lose a bunch of weight and then put it back on quickly yes so let's talk about that for a minute what what were the mechanics there i think it was kind of not not like what i think that just people get overwhelmed with stress and work and you go back, um, I can say for me personally, one of the, the things that I've been holding on to is just making better choices at every meal, every minute. So, and so I have, well, I mean, your wife did pour me a glass of white wine last night, and that was my first glass of wine in nine months. And I was like, huh. But I registered it in my carbon take, and like I balanced it out. And so for me... What I've seen in others is that it's stress, it's work, you get thrown out of um, a daily schedule, daily planning. I think planning is key for like the component, the basic component underneath all of this is planning everything and not and knowing where your next meal is and not being like, oh my God, what am I going to eat? Yeah. Um, and I can say that I've personally removed all emotional eating, like ice cream at night, chips with sour cream, like eating for no reason. Like I'm just trying to eat if I'm hungry. Yeah, my, um, my the, the kind of the issue I take when, when it is when the when the caloric deficit is so severe is 
that I think over a long period of time, and well, the, listen, this is this was my experience with well, with extreme <sighs> caloric deficits. Over yeah. a long period of time, those things stress, um, life schedule disruptions that will become insurmountable if the if the caloric deficit is so severe that if it's if it's any less severe it's almost or if you've been doing it for a long long time this is why i talk about maintenance so much yeah. um it, it it's just listen if you're if you're eating 10% less than you should than than you need to to maintain your weight versus 50% less that 10%, the amount of time you can sustain that without building up too much stress or physical fatigue or fatigue on your nervous system or fatigue on your hormones, you can do it a lot longer. And then little things that come up won't be insurmountable. But, I, I, you know, and, and listen, you have done fantastic. Brandy's done fantastic. Uh, Paige has done fantastic. You've all done fantastic, but I have seen with this exact type of diet where it's like somebody lost 60, 70, 80 pounds and then they blinked and put 50 back on. Well, yeah, I've seen, I've definitely seen that. I can speak to my particular experience in this moment. I promise you, I didn't know I needed to lose almost 70 pounds. Ethan, like right. I swear to God, I was like working out with, I'm not going to say who the trainer I was working out with, but I was, you know, all I needed to do was work out 30 days in a row and just, you know, keto or at some point, one of my friends, I'm fucking putting butter in my coffee. Like I just, all of a sudden, I'm on bulletproof, eating 3,000 calories of fat, and just thinking that I need to do 30 or an hour of cardio every day. And that just was not the correct evaluation for what condition this, like, this body was in. And so when I first went into Debbie, the ideal protein person, and I got on the scale, I was like, what? And then when I got the program on how many calories it was, I was like, what? But but also in reference to how much I was eating, like how many calories I was eating, I bet I was between three and 4,000 calories a day to maintain that insane number. And so the first three weeks, the deficit was psychotic. I was so exhausted, I couldn't move. And I think it was you, it was like you're not, like it's not keto, right? It's a caloric deficit and be careful because of the yo the yo-yo aspect and i have been on it since september 15th starting january i had lost 50 pounds and i started increasing my calorie like adding three or four hundred calories a day so i've been consistently at around 1600 since january and since i started maintenance and I don't know if you remember, you wrote me a paragraph of like meals to consider four to five times a day. And I was so blown away that that was only 1600 calories because it was so much food. Yeah. So I've been following that. Yeah. And I, I, I listen, 
I don't want to. I don't want to say. Hundreds. I'm. I'm not knocking your experience at all. I think. I. I. I just want to. You know, we've 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 presented now. Um, an actual diet people can go and do, and my and I I just want to qualify it by saying like the person I lived with who did this diet, I was giving her a hard time every day about um, how little she was eating, and basically yeah. going like I I I think that you would be better suited if you doubled or tripled the amount of time you want this to take and just yeah. ate more and allowed it to take a little bit longer, but. Because I've, you know, I've experienced that um, you work your ass off and crush yourself for a couple of months and then, and then you're like, ah, I made it. And then the weight just appears back on and it's like really disheartening. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Yeah, so I think it's, it's also a bit of a mental um, re- just like making the the better decisions, um, paying attention to ingredients. I'm, I think that, um, I'm trying to be on maintenance for as long as I was on the diet. Right. So. Well, really, here's the thing though. Here's the real thing to think about or or forever. (laughs) The maintenance (laughs) maintenance is really how to eat so that you're just fueling your body with enough energy to allow it to neither gain or lose weight. So really, if we, if we don't want to lose weight and we don't want to gain weight, really maintenance is maintenance is, is the other definition of diet. It's the ideal way of consuming food. Yeah. Brandy told me that about the amazing dinner at Carbone, right? And she was like, I knew I was going to have this amazing meal. I ate lightly during the day enjoyed a glass of red wine and you know uh, like she just enjoyed the meal and then on the other side of that gained no weight and I was like I actually think she's made it to the other side of she knows she's going to have a dinner so she'll eat less and it's again the concept of better choices which I think truly means maintenance I'm I'm trying to stay, I'm going now between 159, 164, 162, 159. Like I'm now just in that zone, just under 1800 calories now with that food program, just trying to stay there. And and, and I'm going to try and stay there for as long as I can. If I put 10 pounds back on, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's not going to be great. It's not going to be great. Right. And I think that um, after having ha- having experienced massive weight loss, it's it's probably a good idea to track pretty closely for a while um, weight as a metric of like this is working, you know, and, and yeah, and I think those fluctuations for me, even today, um, I'm out here doing a movie and uh, it isn't easy, but I'm adhering to my program a hundred percent and I have my shirt off in parts of this movie. So I'm actually like really being extraordinarily strict. My cal I'm in a deficit. I'm working out 
I've talked to the guy who does room service, the chef of the hotel, to say, like, here are the exact, um, you have to weigh my rice for me. You know, if you're going to be responsible for making this food, you can't put any oil in anything. Um, So I'm sticking to it. And then I have night shoots and I wake up one day and get on the scale in the hotel gym and I've gained two kilos which is like close to five pounds and even that at this point is kind of like fuck but I can work through that and go like this is not this is not a an increasing statistic these these are natural fluctuations that can be thrown off from Stuff like staying up all night, multiple days in a row, and possibly having more salt. Now, sodium. If, yeah. If I continue to, if that number doesn't come down again, if it continues to go up, then I got to totally reevaluate what I'm doing. But I think that if you're if you're just having finished something that you worked really hard for, or you're in the middle of figuring out maintenance or at the beginning of figuring out maintenance and getting your sea legs with this, I think that, you know, getting on the scale as a metric is a good idea. Yeah, I've decided to weigh my, it was funny because in the beginning I was just trying to, getting on the scale every day, right? And that was making, like, the only thing I could think about for the better part of the morning was, where did those ounces come from or where did the ounces go? Right. And I was like, okay, no, I have been fluctuating pretty securely between that five pound number. Right. And I'm just going to do every Friday and then reevaluate every Friday. How am I doing? And quite honestly, what I learned, Ethan is I'm probably going to have to do that for the rest of my life. Right. And I mean, listen, uh, for me, the hope is not to have to do that for the rest of my life. But I know that when I'm when I have to track, um, you know, when when there's anything questionable in my routine, I got to do that just because I'm like, you know, if I was at home and I, I was preparing all my own food and having the structure that that I've had a lot of success with I don't get on the scale that often I really don't because no because I've spent years going like if I eat this food if I exercise this amount as my base and I don't and I don't go off of this plan this is it I don't have to really track this anymore um but you know stick me in another country in a hotel and it's like, you know, I'm not I, I'm not the guy who's in the kitchen making this food anymore, you know, and I'm not watching him. And, and I have gotten my vegetables and put it in my mouth and gone. Those motherfuckers put Montejillo on my vegetables. And like, am I really going to, you know, send it back and wait for room service to come and pick it up and bring me steamed vegetables? Um Am I going to eat it? Am I just not going to eat? You know what I mean? So there's all of that going on. Uh, And so now I find like, yeah, I got to be a little bit more diligent in my tracking. And so I would just say, I don't know that you have to. Listen, I think the the feeling when it's new of 
confronting or having the idea like this is the new normal this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life I don't think there's anything wrong with that unless it's a unless it's a really daunting idea you know because well, I, you know go ahead well I think I am a woman right who I have to say it was a pretty severe reality check on the number on that on that 228 number I I was like your scale's fucking broken like what are you talking about and then she took my before pictures and she wanted to show me the pictures and I'm like no no no, no I don't want to see my pictures right and so I can say that because like that that lack of understanding on on what condition I was really in right like how much I was not realizing what the truth was of the situation. Um, I'm in a little bit of fear, I guess, or like, but, but, like I can't, I'm not, like I, I'm committed until September 15th, which was the day I started for maintenance. So that's what I'm calling it, right? And if I'm still rocking the 160 number and I've maintained that through like the better decisions, better choices, maybe mentally I will sit back a second. But right now I in Burbank ordered two scrambled eggs, no butter, no oil and some turkey sausage from Patty's. And I mean, the only thing missing on what they gave me was like whipped cream with chocolate sauce. Like it was just bad. There was oil everywhere. It was, it, and, and so I was like, I can't rely on anybody other than my Instacart shopper and what I'm cooking in my house. I like, like that is just going to be my rule now. Yeah, it, it, I do think, um, there are so many variables when you eat at a restaurant that I wouldn't say that people should never do that. But I certainly think that if you have a very specific goal that you're working towards, that it can be undone by absentmindedly consuming stuff that you don't know exactly what's in it. Yeah. we When we went to Arizona, right, I, I was just like, I'm just going to eat smartly. I skipped the desserts, skipped the potatoes, skipped salad dressing, and ate and ate just responsibly, and still gained five pounds from the increase in calories. And I wasn't even eating more. It was just simply, it was just the ingredients of what room service and the hotel or whatever was putting in the food. And so that to me was a pretty, like. That was a big learning lesson. However, I'm fine traveling. I'll do it again. Those pounds came right off. Yeah, so. but that that could also be that that could also be just uh, water. You know, a short period of time. But uh, here's what you got to understand: five times whatever five times thirty five hundred is. In order to actually gain five pounds of fat in the in a few days, you have to consume. What is it? Um, seven, fourteen, almost seventeen thousand calories. Seventeen thousand five hundred excess calories. That's a lot of food. So I doubt that you actually put on five pounds of fat. You, you Wait, thirty-five hundred calories is a pound. It requires 
consuming 3,500 excess calories. So that's calories that you're not burning. So let's say like Christmas Day comes. I have I, I have had 10 pounds of weight gain from eating whatever I felt like eating on Christmas Day. There's no way that that's 10 pounds of fat. It's it's mostly water retention. Does that's that, interesting. I didn't know that number. Yeah. So when when when, I, when I'm talking about like um, eating at restaurants, I'm saying if you're habitually, if part of your routine is eating at restaurants multiple times a week, then that that shit over time will add up. Um, but eating at a restaurant once you're unlikely to, you know, and you wake up the next day and you're like, oh my God, there's five pounds of weight gain. It's not, it's not really weight gain. It's not, you haven't developed five pounds of fat overnight. That's really not how it works. Would you, would you happen to know the, like, what is it, like, what is it? Cause I don't like my eating habits, like what, what is a normal amount of calories for a normal human who eats three smart meals a day? I don't, I don't know, and I don't think it matters because this is like any of these metrics when we say uh, – when we, when we use averages, none of them are going to be exactly use. And, and you shouldn't aim for what's right for a normal human or the average human. You should aim for what's right for you, what fits your – your desired body size, you know, um, you're 160 now. So whatever amount of energy your lifestyle requires to maintain your weight is the number you should aim for. And if you increase your, your energy output, if you like take up tennis or something like this or start hiking, um, then maybe you need to increase your calories a little bit for to maintain your weight. But I don't, I don't think like, you know, everything when we look at uh, serving, uh, you know, how on the back of packages it'll have um, the, the breakdown and it'll say like percentage of daily allowance on it. That's percentage I believe is based on a 2,000 calorie a day allowance for what would be considered the average person. Mm -hmm. that is nowhere near what I need to maintain my weight. My, mm -hmm. my maintenance is like 3,500 calories, almost double that. Yeah. I can, I, it, it's, um, the, the hip surgeries, right. And so I'm dealing with that. I'm dealing with my age. And then I also, it was quite, it was kind of nice loading up my fitness pal and I paid for the pro yearly membership because I like on a Saturday with the amount of gardening that I'm doing, you know, you know what I got going on here, right? So I'm spending probably 1200 calories just every Saturday morning working two, three hours in the garden, right? And then all the other actions that I'm doing, I'm burning as an ex, like maybe anywhere between 900 to 1500 calories a day at a minimum, just in my activity level. And, 
And then when I get to the end of my day on Fitness Pal, it says you have 1,233 calories remaining. I Listen, <laughs> I got to say, I don't trust those. You, it, it doesn't seem right, right? It's I don't just... trust that shit at all. When, when I look at... When I look at any of these things, like um, when I look at my phone for like step counting and, and, and then it'll just say how much, um, how, how many calories I've used in the day and how much of it was active and how much of it was passive and all of that. I, it, none of that. That's like that's like going off, I believe, the standards and the standards, I think, are 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 probably accurate as a standard, but I wouldn't trust that as an individual because if we have a goal, then we probably don't, if we have a goal for weight loss, then we probably don't fit into what the standard is anyways. Although that's not necessarily true because I believe the standard in America at least is progressively becoming heavier and heavier. So heavier, yeah. But, but, so uh, those kind of things, I, I don't think those are tracking accurately. You know, I get on the elliptical machine for a half an hour and it says I've burned 400 calories. I'm not going to add 400 calories to my food that day because of that. Um, if I'm doing maintenance, if I'm if my idea of what I'm doing is maintenance and I'm losing weight, yeah, maybe I need to increase my calories a bit because I shouldn't be losing weight on maintenance over time. You know, a day or a fluctuation within a week is completely fine. But if you're doing maintenance and you're losing weight, you're not doing maintenance. You're, you're still in a deficit. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I think instinctively, um, I started forgetting the remaining calories to consume and I just started paying attention to just pay- the calories that I'm taking in and just trying to stick with the basic fact of energy in, energy out, right? Yeah, and I think when determining this, it's a good idea to track just so you can look back if, if stuff starts to go awry with other metrics like on the scale or using a tape measure or whatever it is, however you're basing this, if stuff starts to go awry, it's good to have tracked it with something because you can go back and go, okay, where did I deviate? Where am I going wrong? Where do I need to reduce? Where do I need to increase? Um, but if I, listen, my fitness pal, I've put, I used to put numbers in there and go like, I have a thousand calories remaining and I'm not losing weight. And that's just not right. You can't trust that. I think to determine what your energy requirements are for maintenance, you can take these kind of, um, somewhat broad numbers and try them out and go, is this working? Am I maintaining my weight? And if you're gaining weight, then you're eating too much and you need to reduce a little bit. And if you're losing weight, then you're eating too little and you need to increase a little bit. But I think that over time, over a few weeks, not a few days, is really the way to determine what maintenance is. Not based on my fitness pal says I have a thousand calories left um, and I normally would be done eating. I better eat these thousand calories. Yeah, no, I'm trying not to do that. I have, um, I will, I wanted to ask you because I feel 
scared by this as an ingredient, these two ingredients, corn and sugar, right? And I'm back. I used to think that I had a gluten wheat allergy, right? (laughs) And that's just, it's proven itself not to be true. I, I, I see Dr. S every six months and for the longest time, years and years and years while putting butter in my coffee, I'm like, I'm allergic to wheat. And so I'm eating all of this corn. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I think the consistent weight gain, the inflammation, and now I'm like, oh, I don't have actually a problem. I'm eating whole grain wheat seeded breads, um, and and my body's doing fine with it. The two ingredients that I'm a little bit concerned about, I'm staying away from corn, haven't touched it, and I'm staying away from sugars and also the sugar alcohols. So let me um, let me ask you a question. Hmm. When when you eat corn, how do you feel? Well, I was eating corn my whole life because of my weed allergy and I went I went from like How were you diagnosed with a weed allergy? Did you come up with this weed allergy? Of course I did because I was like, yeah, that's me too. I need you know like uh, of course I just diagnosed myself. Nobody ever told me I never tested positive. I'm not allergic to anything. Right. However, the food, one of the basics in my diet was rice and corn constantly. And and those decisions that I've been making for myself got me to that 228 number, which was, I, I mean, I'm still, I still when you see that before and after photo, I still can't imagine that I was the before person thinking that it was okay to blend chunks of cocoa butter and, and ghee into a coffee in a blender in the morning. And, and that was just how I started my day. Do you, you know what I mean? There's, uh, there's a lot of weird decisions going yeah, on. But, so I don't, I don't understand. Why are you afraid of corn and sugar? Let me just say um, sugar 
like refined sugar is a is a fairly dense source of energy that hits your body pretty quick so you know there's no fiber in it um unlike fruit which the digestion and absorption of that sugar is at least slower don't go anywhere we'll be right back so like as far as sugar goes like you can you can consume a lot of energy um that your body is if you're sitting down or not actively doing something maybe not going to use in the most um efficient way uh very quickly with sugar i i don't have a, i'm not scared of anything um other than the idea that i'm going to eat something that's going to take up a big block of my energy for the my energy input and it's not going to leave me feeling satiated for very long does that make sense yeah it does i can add a third thing i'm i'm scared to death of orange juice like juices fruits like i haven't experienced a glass of orange juice in nine or ten months um i used to love snacking on carrots and 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 i feel like those foods are like there's just those foods are behind me corn slat corn tortillas right with some beautiful carne asada or whatever like i i i feel i feel like i'm i'm just now eating consuming between 80 to 100 carbs a day of food in my food every day that's the number that i have been maintaining um and my body seems to do well on maybe it does well on more I don't know that yet, but right now I'm at around 90. And when I look at the decisions I made, especially like the last 10 years and how I got to that number, corn, fruits, juices, and sugars were pre like three pretty top ingredients in my dailies, my daily, um, like what I was just like what I was taking in. And, and so I've said goodbye to those. Yeah, I, 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 I think I personally think juice is a total waste of time. I, I, th- I think that, though, because um, I tr- just try to think about how my body is using everything. And, and pretty much the only instance that I could ever imagine myself drinking juice would be like in the gym while I'm working out. Um, or right before I work out, I would not. I would not. I would not drink juice at breakfast if I'm not like about to stand up and go on a hike or something like that immediately following breakfast or start working out. Um, but but oh, that's interesting because your body would burn that sugar off as fuel first. It's it's a it's a carbohydrate. It's a that will hit your blood very quickly. Um, interesting okay but there's it's nothing to be scared of like it's potentially um necessary like i i even like carnivorous endurance athletes consume straight up sugar and gels and stuff like that and and sugary drinks when they're doing you know these big long efforted um exercise blocks so I just try to think of my food like when I'm eating protein, 
I have a basic understanding of what it's doing. And when I'm eating rice and bread and potatoes, I have a basic understanding of what it's doing. And then when I have to force down the vegetables, which I'm really not a huge fan of, um, that's like, I'm going like, well, I'm, I'm getting fiber and vitamins now. And I don't have to listen to Brandy. Who's like a drug pusher with vitamins. If I <laughs> eat my vegetables, you know, there's all these things, but I don't think anything's scary. It's just like how it fits your thing. And then I think of food in different categories too. There's like what I'm using to fuel my body. And then there's like this sub mind that I have that likes food because it's just some kind of base debaucherous pleasure and Mm. and there are certainly foods that fit into that that i'll allow myself to have three times a year like when you made short ribs yeah but i don't even think i didn't eat those short ribs but i don't even think of short ribs necessarily as as all that bad it's a fairly fatty cut of meat and if i'm gonna eat short ribs i'll probably just reduce my carbs that day you know and then and then it will it will wash out it will be fine ultimately i'll 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 reserve some energy with carbs and increase the fats that's very rare do you watch naked and afraid no okay Whenever they rent, whenever they come upon a beehive, they get really excited and they they steal all the honey and then, I don't know. Do they get stung? (laughs) Yeah, they definitely get stung. It's a situation right now, Naked and Afraid XL. They found a honeycomb and the guy got stung a thousand times, whatever, but the honey sustained them energy-wise. Like they hadn't eaten in three days, but they had honey. And they were able to, like, build rafts out of bamboo and avoid alligators and, you know, go down the river eight miles. And and all on, like, a little thing of honeycomb. Like, good on you, bro. It's a lot of energy. And it's compact. And your liver is really good at storing carbohydrates. So, like, you, you can... Once you max out your system, if especially if you're in a, a situation where you're like in in famine, you max out the amount that your uh, your your body can store. Then it's going to store it as fat, and your liver's going to store it. And you're like you have a real good savings account by consuming a shitload of honey at once. The problem with the way we live is we behave as though we're starving. And we've got this cornucopia of anything we want at any time. And yet our bodies are, are, are treating it as though we're starving all the time, if that makes sense. We're, we, you know, I, I, you know uh, I think if we go through history, famine has repeatedly wiped out large blocks of people. Our bodies want to store energy you know Mm. they just want Mm -hmm. to and so if we walk into a place where it's like holy shit i am surrounded by energy that's very cheap i don't even have to get stung by a bee your body's gonna you know it's very it's it's it seems by just the rate of obesity that a lot of people are inclined to go like yeah i'm gonna store that energy um that makes perfect sense that in Naked and Afraid they would get stung a thousand times to eat some honeycomb. <laughs> I would too if I was out there. You know, it's a decent trade-off. 
I, I, it, to me, like I miss, I would do English breakfast tea every morning and a couple tablespoons of honey and it would just set myself up and somehow I've now wiped that out of my universe as not going to happen. Well, I but, think, listen, to just think of, think of what you said, a couple tablespoons of honey and then think of how you're going to use that. Are you going to use that? Or if you do that every day, your body's just going to store it. You know what I mean? If it's now, if you skipped a meal to have your couple tablespoons of honey, maybe at the end of the week or the month, it's a wash, but you're giving up a fair amount of your energy needs by having a couple tablespoons of honey. Even, okay, so let me ask you something. However, do you, like, it seems like possibly it's a safe decision to make if it's a Saturday morning and I know that after I have my tea with honey, I'm going to be outside. I don't even think you have to think about it that much. I just think you have to know how much energy is in the honey that you're consuming and Mm -hmm. then you get rid of that energy somewhere else. Like, of your daily allotment, there's no reason you can't have honey. There really isn't. If honey is something you enjoy and you don't feel like shit after you eat it, I, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't be eating it. But, well, but you do I, have to account for it, you know? You have to. I, I, I can say the last 10 months what I've learned, right? I'm a little bit older than you, a little bit older than Brandy, and my whole life I've been told women, hormones, impossible to lose weight at 45, and so I've kind of, I'm trying to strip away all of these false impressions that I've been given over my life, right? I've, but I've also, like, seen that picture of myself. (laughs) I immediately like the went to the polar the polarity like looking at myself I go to the absolute opposite of what that person was doing in that body right and I'm trying to redefine what a healthy what a what a truthfully like based on fact and nutrition statistic what actually what does my body do like not what does Loren's body or anybody else's body like what does my body do and I've become like that, like you can hear my questions. I'm, I'm literally afraid of carrots. I'm and, and so, yeah, I'm just trying to bring myself back to the middle. I, I don't think you should be afraid of anything. I think that you should recognize that you maybe cultivated some habits that led you to a place that you ultimately were not happy with. Right. Oh, and so yeah. you you've worked very hard to undo that. Now, maybe there are some behavioral things that you have to work on or figure out. Maybe not. Um, but like knowing, having an idea of what your body's energy requirements are and then making decisions on how that's allotted. If it's allotted that a couple tablespoons of honey in your tea in the morning doesn't leave you so hungry when you when you consider the rest of the amount of food in the in the day to get you through the day then there's nothing wrong with honey i don't know why the hell you would be 
scared of carrots. I know they're a little bit starchier, certainly than like spinach or something like that, but they, they have their place. They're a vegetable. They're full of good micronutrients and they're nowhere near as starchy as a potato or calorically it's dense. It's probably how I identified myself, my weed allergy. <laughs> and, and so I think I'm just trying to strip away things that are true and not true, right? Like keto lifestyle. Uh, I, I just, there's all kinds of things that I'm trying, I'm just trying to ascertain what works for this body. And I think what you say is really true. I had a lot of pretty bad habits and I'm trying to get into that natural, like I feel, and even though it requires, I think you'll understand this, even though I'm it's requiring thought and it's not second nature for me, what I can see is I'm slowly moving over to second, like it's just second nature. My decisions are not requiring this mental battle of what I'm deciding to eat. It's just becoming, what do I feel better eating, you know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm mired in bullshit. Like the things that I think are true that have proven out to be not true, that have blown my mind. Um, it's, it's interesting all the things that I've been told that just aren't true. <laughs> yeah. Look, keto is perfectly fine if, if it's successful for you, but if you go into keto with the idea that you can, because you're eating keto consume more energy than your body requires every day and lose weight or lose fat, that's just not true. And so it's, it's not going to be successful for people who are treating it in that way. But if you're a person who goes like, I'm going to try keto, and, and then you go like, I really enjoy eating this way, and I'm not compulsively overeating, and, um, and, and I'm, I'm being successful, and it's a good lifestyle for me, then there's really nothing wrong with it. I don't I'm not criticizing it for me the decisions I was making I don't think I was educated on what it really is and so it was like they all these fatty fat fat fatty fats and yeah I I was very educated in what it what it is and and even still um wound up having to go like okay I'm doing keto and now I'm doing low calorie keto and I'm miserable and it's really hard, and I didn't like it ultimately. Um, that was just me, though. I'm not suggesting that that's some broad truth that has to apply to everyone. But I, I don't see any reason why, you know, in this day and age where we're not foraging for food, and it's not there's no real potential looming famine, um, that we shouldn't understand like the amount that our body requires. If, if we've ever had an issue with, um, wait, what? Wait, right. An issue. I thought yeah, you were saying, issue. wait, like stop talking. I have something to say. No, but yes, no, if we, you could talk forever. Yes. Yeah. If we've ever had an issue with weight, with, with weighing more than we want to weigh, um, 
you know, for me, it's just an increase of responsibility in that general area where I go like, I, I had no idea the amounts of food. And then you can play with it. You can play with it in any direction you want. You can go, what happens if I substitute a meal and eat a Sunday? How do I feel? What does that look like? Um, what happens if I trade out this snack for carrot sticks? You know, what is the energy? What is the amount of energy held within a bag of carrot sticks? Uh, what is that worth? Well, I've been eating an apple every day. I'm going to try carrot sticks now. You know, I, I don't or, I, you know, honey, get rid of your piece of toast and have some honey or get rid of your sausages and have some honey. And that, too, might be a fair trade off. And if it is and you're happy, there's no reason not to do that. Um, it definitely takes a little bit of experimentation and, yeah. and, and I don't see why you can't be successful and I don't think you should really be afraid of anything. Now, if you're eating something and you're feeling like shit and you're, and you're having trouble because of it, but you're like, but I really like how it tastes. Then I go like, maybe that's a behavioral thing you need to look at and, and be more responsible for because, I don't know if you're going to achieve long-term success behaving that way. Hmm. You know, I have, um, I had a nutritionist recently, like I, I went and saw this person and they told me that I could probably plan on never, I'm not eating more than 30 to 40 carbohydrates a day at my age at 52 or whatever. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so I was, I, then I take in that data, right? I take in that fact, but now paying attention to what's going in, how I'm preparing my food, the slices of bread or the meals that I'm making and preparing. I just like how I threw away the four to six ounces of protein a day, right? I'm easily at 12. I was on, I've been easily at 12 to 14 a day for the past four or five months. And right, so 12 I, to 14, not 140, okay? Let's just come back to that for a second. I can't, I can't even believe I said that, but it's fine. And so also I'm looking at the carb intake, and I'm anywhere between 80 to 100 grams of carbohydrates a day, and my body is doing fine. Yeah. And, and so I it just goes back to when I – was like when I was talking to you about, can you please just like send me over a meal program? Because I think what I did with ideal protein, the reduced calories, the deficit, everything truly was needed. Once I saw how much weight I needed to lose, once I grooved into it, <clears throat> that program was so rigid that it was easy for me to follow because there were no questions or decisions you just did that and now that it is not in my pro it's not in my life it's now just good choices right I'm just like trying to feed the machine with valuable truthful information for myself and and I think that is the over time that's why I gave myself till September 15th to give me these next several months of like figuring out, well, what makes it go up? What makes it go down? What makes it stay the same? 
Yeah, and by the way, if 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 you're on some plan where you've given yourself a block of time to really figure out and dial in maintenance, there's no reason I can think of why you shouldn't be experimenting with carrot sticks. I mean, I'm talking we're talking about carrot sticks, which I'm like, yuck, who the fuck wants to eat carrot sticks? They're they're that seems so boring to me. Um but like if you like carrot sticks, try out carrot sticks as a snack. If you miss for one second your tea with honey, try it out and see how it goes with but like don't just add that on top of everything and go like, well, even said I can have tea with honey, so I'm just not going to count it and add tea and honey. That's not the way to do it. I, I, you know, if I was ever going to be a dietitian, the thing I would suggest people do right off the bat before even dieting is do maintenance and, and see what it's like because that's the entire game. So we have maintenance immediately following the diet. If you, if you, get maintenance down before you diet the diet's much easier and then when you come out of the diet maintenance is much easier you know and maintenance would be if you did that maintenance after the diet would be less but if you have experience with maintenance even if you have dieted a bunch and so now your new set point is lower it's going to be a smoother transition I, I, I think maintenance is the whole game for me having lost and gained weights a bunch of times like i don't give a shit about the diet i'll do any diet i'll do out ideal protein i'll do um atkins i'll do a liquid diet none of that matters i feel safe if i know that i have figured out maintenance if i know that like the minute this diet is over i know what my long-term plan is don't go anywhere we'll be right back Well, I can say maintenance wasn't even a blip for me. (laughs) It it, it was such a short-sighted, unforeseen uh, avalanche coming my way, I guess, because for me, maintenance has been so much harder. And, you know, like joking with Brandy or Pito or Mary or like when I would send a picture – I think I made, oh, I had the ginger dressing from Dave's Korean, which, you know, they don't include any nutrition labels and anything. And I'm sure that stuff is filled with just crack and you get it at the farmer's market and it, you, you just like can take a bath in it. But I sent a picture of this salad and it was like, oh my God, does it taste good? You're so lucky. Right. And, and so honestly, that's not what I felt. I literally felt that I was eating 68 pounds. Like the second I finished my salad, I was going to get on the scale and all my weight had come back. And I, and I know that's nuts. And so maintenance is proving I, I, I never even suspected it until I was like halfway through IP where I was like, oh, Jesus, like, I really have some behavior to correct here because I had some bad, bad habits. Yeah, and I think yeah. what, look, anybody who's had to undergo massive weight loss in the way it was medically described to me was 50 or more pounds, so you've now had massive weight loss. Um, 
I don't think that I think a diet is a short term thing that doesn't address any of the problems or any of the the stuff that got us to the point we were at. It really doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't set us up for life. And and I think so. Yeah, ma- maintenance is is really hard for sure. At first, it's really hard to figure out, and definitely when suddenly you're you're looking at long term life, and it's like, you know, somebody who's like, "Well, keto is my maintenance. I just don't eat carbs." It's like, okay, um, that seems pretty easy. But if you're gaining weight doing that, um, you might have to start to think about like, how much energy does your body require? How much are you consuming? Where are you going to trim some of that? And then, like, what do you like to eat? What makes you feel good? What uh, allows you to perform in your daily routine at the at the at the most optimal? Um, and so, like, that's what maintenance is about, you know. And and really taking time to go, like, I put numbers into a computer. I got this number. I'm now going to break apart everything I'm eating and figure out how much their values are and where they fit into this overall number and then do that for a while and and track it and go, I'm either gaining or losing weight. I need to increase or decrease this number. And then once you've really figured out what the number is, experiment with the types of food you like. You know, if you like honey, try honey. If you like yeah, carrots, try the carrots. Listen, in my defense, carrots are cr- – I like dipping – I like crunchy things. I like carrots dipped in hummus, and maybe that's not okay. I feel – I don't see why it wouldn't be okay. I would just say, like, if you look up the the information on how much energy is in carrots, that's not with hummus. So hummus is a secondary thing that you got to figure out how much energy is in, you know, uh, ranch dressing is not added when you look up the caloric information on carrots. These are separate things. So, yes, if you I, I think carrots are a total waste of time um, unless I'm taking them as though they're my vitamins to get brandy off my case. Um, but you've got to know what they're value is and then if you're adding something to them you got to know what that value is too a cup of tea has probably zero calories if it has any it's like two or three uh once you add honey once you add multiple tablespoons of honey you're you're bumping that up that's a lot of energy i i i would like to get on the other side of this right with like Number one, stability in this weight, right? But also, I I think more importantly is, like, the mental stability of it. Like, not truly believing I'm going to be murdered if I eat a taco, right? Like, it's not going to be the end of the world. And I think that is me putting this sustained, like, sustaining this weight for a short period of time, this, this six months, right. Of this maintenance, like being able to sustain putting in a carrot here and there, a cup of honey here and there. Like, I think I'll start learning my own borders, like my own guardrails. I don't know what the word is, but you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, sure. But you know, listen, the intention I have when I'm thinking about maintenance 
I'm not thinking about a, sh- a period of time. I'm thinking about that I'm training for life. This is yeah. how I'm going to eat forever. And I can eat whatever I want. I just have to be aware of how it fits into my day and how my how I'm using it and how I feel afterwards. And if I'm knowingly consuming more than I'm using, then I know the long-term effects of that if I do it consistently. So that is certainly not what I want, you know. But I do think that there is a way to unlearn bad habits, to learn new good habits, and to start building a life around this idea of maintenance so that we aren't counting fucking calories forever. Like, who wants to do that? By the way, I don't count calories at all anymore. I have a baseline for protein that I want to consume every day. It tends to be lean. Anything ancillary to that, fats and carbohydrates, I got a a fairly good idea of how much I'm allowed to have depending on if I'm cutting or on maintenance. Um, And it's pretty fucking easy to track your carbohydrates. And I just keep them in my head right now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm at I'm at like 200 grams of carbs every day and I'm cutting so I'm losing weight while eating 200 grams of carbs. It's really not hard for me to track that. And and I'm eating bread and rice and pasta and it's the other sneaky shit that you add to it that can that can get make stuff get out of hand like there's nothing wrong with carrots. There's nothing wrong with carrots and hummus. But if you think that you're just eating carrots and you cover them in hummus, the outcome isn't necessarily going to be the one you want. Um, let me ask you, the maintenance and the lean protein that you just mentioned, right? Are you consuming red meat? Like, is it like a super lean red meat? Or are you just like on turkey and chicken breast, turkey breasts? Like, what are you doing for your lean proteins? I eat, I eat meat. I eat bison. I eat um, steak. If I, if I, I, I don't necessarily eat a lot of ground beef just because I think that's like over inundated with fat. But if I get, if I go to the store and get ground beef, I get an extremely low, uh, an extremely lean grind of beef where I think I can get it as much as like 96 lean to 4% fat. And I wouldn't really go much higher. Maybe I would do 93 to seven, but I would never go, um, above 90, 90, 10. And I try not to even eat 90, 10 too much, but if I'm going to get a steak, I get a lean cut of steak. You know, I'm not eating ribeyes very often. Occasionally Uh I do, but I'm not eating short ribs. Short ribs have a lot of fat in them. Um, but like a center cut fillet, that's a pretty lean cut of meat. Well, I have um I I think the the biggest thing that I'm trying to get through, which is one of the things that I was talking to Brandy about, is just making it to the other side and not believing that I'm gonna fail, right? But just believing that I'm gonna make it to the other side. And I it's funny because I don't have the the wins stockpiled to trust myself which is just a weird thing to admit to and and I'm I'm trying so hard to remove the crazy out of like the thinking about food and so that's why I'm planning like crazy using fitness pal like crazy 
the calorie counters, all of that, probably going to have a cup of tea with honey Saturday morning and, and we'll see how it goes. It's funny. I think it's going to be fine. Right. (laughs) So it's just a question of getting stable, like just seeing my wins and having them stabilize and then just trusting myself. Right. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having gone through something difficult and being uh, trepidatious about undoing your progress. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that's perfectly natural. Um, so yeah, fine. Be, feel that way. Uh, but like, I hope that you can have faith that even with what you're doing in the short time that you've been doing it, since you kind of went on to maintenance that you're going like, okay, I'm definitely eating more and I'm not gaining weight. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, now track that over time and maybe boom, you've got exactly what your maintenance is. If you start to lose weight consistently, you're not eating enough. If you start to gain weight consistently, you're eating too much. Make adjustments. I've been f- afraid of food. I, I actually think it's a perfectly reasonable thing to feel, but I don't want to be afraid of foods. I just want to know what use I'm getting out of the foods I'm eating. You know, I don't want to eat um, compulsively. I don't want to eat emotionally. I don't want to consume. I don't want to do that because that's led me to a very, uh, what I considered a bad outcome. Mm-hmm. But you can, I think that you should have faith that you can with work undo that and have a new different operating principle. I, I think that's the truest thing ever is the new operating principle. Like what it's just like an applied science, right? Like it's just like my body is different from Brandy's body, from Pito's body. Like it's different. And I am a little bit of the Phoenix coming out of the ashes. I totally get it. But there's also a pretty significant amount of just like rhetoric going on in my mind. That is just like these ancillary comments that don't have any meaning. And I'm just trying to, what I'm doing is I'm throwing them away, like not being able to lose weight after 45, my age, my hormones, the, the hips, the recovery, the rehab, the, all the bullshit that I've received the, I, I can tell you quite honestly, and I hope this doesn't sound weird, the only person that I felt ever gave me valuable information, Ethan, something that I've been able to digest and apply is you. When you sent me that paragraph of food and I called you and I'm like, this is like 10 million calories. And you're like, no, it's 1,500. <laughs> and, it, and like that blew my mind. And, and you said the protein five meals. And I'm like, oh, now you're just being fucking crazy. Like, I'm like, that's insane. But it's literally what I've been doing. And, and so I'm, you know, I'm a sane person, smart person. We, I'm not an idiot. And I can look and I go, oh, my God, it's, it's energy in, energy out. And, and I'm seeing what works for this body. 80 to 100 carbs seems to be working. 10 pounds of protein a day seems to be working for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I just want to say, like, 
like, quite honestly, I know that you get hit up for advice a lot. I don't know if people fucking listen to you or they don't listen to you, or I'm sure people listen to you. But for me, like how you impacted me was, oh, it's true for me. It's true for me. And uh, we're just going to see how it goes. There are no blanket rules. Everybody's different. And you said I'm I'm definitely, and I just want to thank you for that. Honestly. It was my pleasure. And like, if 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 throughout the day you don't miss you know trading a cup of rice for a few tablespoons of honey there's really no reason to be afraid of honey i don't think i think at the you know uh i've i've done it before where i you know left some carbs off of meals and had a bowl of ice cream right before i went to bed and i woke up feeling terrible and so that i don't do that anymore you know, but I've also had Gatorade while I'm working out, um, and felt fucking great. Felt like Superman. Um, you get more done in your workout too, because you have energy, right? It felt like rocket fuel. Uh, so like what, what's wrong with that? There was no downside. What's wrong with that? Now I don't do that all the time. Uh, this was a particularly sluggish day. Um, and I had a Gatorade and I felt great. And, and there was, and so I've done that. Uh, and I haven't, it hasn't, it hasn't adversely affected me. Um, but like, I don't think you have to be, I don't think you, you have to necessarily go like, uh, I'm never going to have this again, or I'm never going to have this again. And I, I do think that the, the mistake we can make sometimes, and certainly the mistake I've made in the past is like, you know, while I'm trucking along, I'm just going to add, add my, my tea with honey on top of everything. And what harm could that do? And then over a long period of time that can do something that can have a big effect. Um, but you know, you're, you're into maintenance now and you're figuring it out. And I think it is the time to figure stuff like this out. And so experimentation is great. And don't be afraid. And especially, you know, the thing, the thing though, I want to, I want to talk about is like, um, and we talked about it, but, but I want to just reiterate this five pounds over the course of two or three days, uh, has been enough for me, um, to completely take me off of it and go, fuck it. I can't do this anymore. Um, if I'm going to gain five or 10 pounds in two days. And it's really not how it works. You don't, you don't develop five or 10 pounds of fat in two days. You'd have to be eating so much. And I don't even think your body can produce that much fat in that short period of time. So like a meal where you weigh a bunch more the next day is most likely mostly water weight. And so you got to cut yourself a break on that too and l- really look for uh long-term statistics and not even when i say long-term i'm not talking about years but weeks you know mm-hmm. if you gain 10 pounds this week yeah <laughs> maybe you want to look at what you're <laughs> look at what you're eating and then if the following week you gain 5 more maybe you're still not eating the right stuff, you know? And then I say all this to a woman and I know women have a bunch of stuff physiologically that I don't have. And I don't totally understand, you know, um, 
uh, with menstrual stuff, like I think those hormones can cause uh, water retention. And so that's a whole other fucking thing that that you, you got to take into consideration. Like I would always remember uh, Brandy would go like, I'm starting this diet and then hit her period. And it would be like, no, I weighed in today and I was this much more. So fuck this diet. I'm not doing it anymore. And I go like, but aren't you isn't it that time of the month? And she's like, yeah. And so there's a lot of factors there that you have to like take into consideration that are just a part of life that you're going to have to deal with. Well, I can tell you, and, and this may sound crazy, but I never bought a scale, never had a scale. Just was like just how I felt and how my clothes fit, right? But also in partnership to that amazing perspective was the buying more clothes because my old clothes didn't fit, buying larger sizes, but not literally connecting it with becoming fatter um, because I was healthy, right? And that's just like, it's crazy. When I came home with a scale and stood on it privately in my own little bathroom and saw that number, saw that fat percentage of how much fat was on my body like that that was such a severe reality adjustment Ethan I don't need I can't even begin to tell you that I was completely disassociated from who that person was and and so I can't believe that I spent this long these past I want to say 10 years probably of just ignoring facts and going on feelings which speaks to periods water like all of it however i was healthy i'm healthy i'm healthy i only eat good fats i don't eat processed foods blah blah blah. when pita was like you're gonna hate ideal protein there's it's all of those shit ingredients but i can tell you oh my god like i've never like it got me it was such a great partner that was such a great it was exactly what I needed I needed my best friends to go through this journey with me I would text them the most obnoxious things in the universe and they always pulled me through and so it was a combination of a partnership along with facts yeah it's amazing (laughs) Friendship and facts. Friendship and facts. I'm so happy for you. Paige, thank you so much for this conversation. Ethan, I love you. Thank you for talking to me. Love you too, dude. Talk to you soon. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And now for the Q&A. Here is a question from Jason. Let me ask you a question, Paige. Should you start saying in now for the Q&A? It's up to you. You want to try it? Yeah. Okay, great. You ready? Yeah. And by the way. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. What were you going to say? By don't, the way, what? Don't fuck it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to try. And now for the Q&A. You know what? I think we're going to save... You saying and now for the Q and A for when you have a real microphone, not like okay. a dongle coming out of your phone. Right, I'm doing wireless headsets right now. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna keep this position until you have the proper microphone, which uh, American Glutton is supposed to buy you. 
Um, that just I ordered means a you... Zoom recorder and a mic, and I this weekend I'm going to learn how to set it up and make sure the mic is good. Oh my god, are you saying you have you have this at your house right now? I got a Zoom at my house, but I, I bought the recorder and the mic that came with it. But I'm at my office, and I didn't bring it. Interesting. Okay, good. Yeah. And yeah. now for the Q and A. Here's a question for you, Ethan, from someone named Jason. Hi, Jason. Jason says, what is the best way to get back on track? I recently started working again after a five-month stint on COVID-related unemployment. And while being unemployed, I finally started taking my health seriously. I am over 400 pounds and 36 years old. And one day, I just decided I had nothing better to do, so I started eating right and going to the gym. I lost about 40 pounds, but then finally, after five months, found a job. What I found is that while I was unemployed, fitness and getting healthier was like my job. But now that I'm working, I haven't been to the gym in three weeks, and I get fast food on the way home every day because I don't have time to cook anymore. Yes, totally understand. Okay, so here's my advice, Jason. And again, um, this is just how I would think about that situation, and I found myself in similar situations before. And so for me... Um, back on track like when I think in terms of like getting back on track I'm thinking getting back to doing exactly what I was doing previously but I would just then try to figure out why what I was doing previously why I'm not doing that anymore and so maybe getting back on track is figuring out a whole new structure um, that fits with your work and so which I think is probably what you're asking. Um, it, it is It is certainly a lot easier when you have all the time in the world to dedicate to figuring out what you're going to eat, finding that food, making sure you have it, exercising, and all like that. And so I would just try to structure your day in a certain way or or figure out some structure that can... That's not in competition with your life. Um, you know, that's not going to derail you from going to work or doing anything else. I think that's the that's the thing that I've found useful when I do things that kind of remove me from living my life. They're not sustainable. And so um, within this structure that you're looking for. Uh, it's it's got to be in harmony with the rest of your life. So if that means, you know, taking a different route when you drive home to avoid fast food, that might be part of it. Or uh, making sure you bring your food to 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 work and have something to eat on your ride home, so you're not going to stop for fast food. Like those are all the little tricks that I have done. Um, and also figuring out some movement for your body, like taking a walk at lunch or, you know, I don't know what you do for a living, but, you know, making sure you get a certain amount of activity in the day, uh, I think is a good idea. That's my, that's my advice. Love it. Oh, yes. I say something else. Um, if you have a, that's right, right. That's a fine. Do we yeah. have to say anything else to Jason? Uh, no, I think you you said some great stuff. Okay, if you have a question you would like to ask me, I don't remember, Paige. It's been a long time. How? What do I say? 
If you have a question that you would like answered on this podcast, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Well, there. You can do that part. Okay. (laughs) You said it. Great. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.